Hey, Yogi, Sarah Burchard here, and you are listening to Yoga Unplugged Conversations, a show dedicated to helping you grow, thrive, and gracefully make tough life decisions so you can lead a happier, healthier life. Our topic today is how to handle tough emotions. We're talking anger, frustration, sadness, shame, fear, all the emotions that are not necessarily fun to experience, but ones we will all face from time to time, no matter how well things are going in our lives. Here to talk to us about emotion management is Jill Peterson. Jill is a clinical psychologist and senior trainer of iRest Yoga Nidra. Her love of learning and deep fascination with the interplay of the mind, body, and soul has led her on a lifelong journey traversing the realms of psychology and spirituality in order to understand the experience of being human. Her coaching style is a blend of psychology, iRest, energy medicine, and sharing her own personal experience. She tackles many different issues with her clients and students, such as avoidance, challenges that come up during the healing process, and the consequences that arise when we choose to not address or feel our emotions. She encourages them to feel, process, and somatically experience emotions so their emotions don't start negatively affecting their lives. I'm really looking forward to hearing all about how she does this. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Jill. Thanks, Sarah. Great to be here. Super excited. When did you first realize that this was the type of work that you were meant to do? Oh, my. Uh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> uh, as a child? <laughs> um, wow. You know, I, I, I have, uh, I've always been interested in psychology and, and somehow in my own personality and my own growing up, I was often talking to people about psychological issues, even when I was really young. So going off to college, it was just the natural evolution uh, to go into psychology. And I continued into my graduate work and uh, went into clinical practice, uh, private practice for psychology and have really just kind of evolved from there, becoming more and more interested in what this experience of being human is and uh, how do we kind of navigate it more successfully than not. And, you know, a lot of that, of course, comes from my own trials and tribulations at figuring it out as well as my clients and my students. And uh, really, it's, it's always just kind of been in me. So one of the things that I guess I wanted to, I mean, there's, we're going to talk about all kinds of things today. So we're going to kind of hop around a little bit. But you, I mentioned earlier that you teach your clients the importance of feeling, processing, and somatically experiencing emotions. Mm-hmm. Is there a yes. particular framework you use or tools you recommend specifically that help them through this process? Well, you know, really, I often start off with talking to students and clients about why it is we're not feeling them why it is that, uh, what makes it difficult or challenging to even approach these emotions. Because often we don't even understand, we think we're doing it. So, so many students and clients will say, well, I'm feeling all the time. Actually, I, I, I just feel too much. And what I find is that when we think we're feeling, what we're actually doing is thinking. We are thinking about the emotions that we're having. And often these thoughts are about why we shouldn't be having the emotions, that there's something wrong with us that we're having these emotions. And the next thought is, how do I not have these emotions? Mm -hmm. So all of that thinking really, one, is in an effort to take us away 
from the emotions we're experiencing and essentially from feeling them at all. So even though we think we are feeling them, we're actually just usually thinking about them. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm usually starting with folks of the idea of what's the importance of feeling emotion anyway, because that's usually a big barrier is folks will say to me, well, what's the point of feeling these emotions? You know, it's getting in the way of my life. I'm, uh, having these outbursts or I'm crying or I'm so anxious, I can't do what I need to at work. You know, these emotions are just kind of getting in my way. Yeah. And so I'm really starting the process by teaching folks the point of emotions is information. Emotions are giving us at least 50% of the information we need in our lives to make decisions, to relate to others, to really function. And so when we are denying ourselves that experience and or we don't even know how to do it kind of in a way that where we can get that information, we're really shutting down our experience of being human to a very small contracted space. And so once I can, we can kind of talk about the purpose, the value in actually feeling emotions, most folks are, are a little bit more interested or engaged in, okay, gosh, maybe I really don't know how to feel these emotions. Maybe I really haven't been. And, and there's really some good reasons where I might want to. So maybe we can start there to even talk about the next step of how do you go about feeling. Mm -hmm. um, does that, does that make sense? Yeah. And you know, it, uh, there's this like scientists have mapped where particular emotions manifest in your body. So, mm -hmm. you know, like when mm -hmm. you get anxious, anxious, you feel it in your stomach. When you become angry, mm -hmm. your head feels hot. When you're mm -hmm. sad, mm -hmm. you feel the pain in your chest, you know, et cetera. And in yoga, we are constantly creating that mind body connection. And so I think this is like part of what you're saying, you know, part of it is, is it's important because it enables you to connect what you're feeling with you know, the, with your body. And when you become aware of these bodily sensations, you, you can then direct your attention to them, which often actually causes them to go away. <laughs> Funny enough. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I'll say yes and no. Okay. Um, and, and I'll explain that. Um, yes, in the sense that emotions are just energy. Mm -hmm. So like anything else that's energy, including our thoughts, they are constantly changing. So emotions are constantly changing in us. Our thoughts are constantly changing in us. And that's the natural state of emotion. Mm -hmm. What happens is that um, when we do that thing that I just described where we kind of close down on, let's say we're, maybe we're actually in a yoga class and let's say we're starting to, to feel an anxiety come up mm -hmm. and um, we start thinking about it. And we start thinking about why this is not the best place to be having this. And um, how am I going to get through this class if I'm feeling this anxious? And where's the door so that I could <laughs> run to it? So again, these are all thoughts, mm -hmm. right? We still haven't actually felt the sensation, but, but in the body, most of us, if we were paying attention to it, might feel the heart racing. We might feel the throat close down. We might feel um, uh, an increase in heat in the body. And so this idea of, when we are doing that process of thinking and thinking that we shouldn't have these emotions and how do we get rid of it? If we were to just pay attention to the sensation, like all the thoughts are going to be there. It's not like we're going to get rid of them, but if we can just pay attention to the body. So we were paying attention to the heart rate. 
we're paying attention, we're feeling that heat rising. And here come the thoughts. But again, we're just gonna keep our attention really focused on the body. And as we're doing that, what we may notice is that the emotion naturally shifts. So the intensity of it may decrease. Mm -hmm. It may move to a different part of the body. The sensation, perhaps it's a pulsating, and now it's more of a, um, like a soft kind of shimmering feeling. But we have to be paying attention to the body to even notice that's occurring. Mm -hmm. And if we're attending to all the thoughts and the wishes that this weren't happening, then we miss the entire body experience. And we basically kind of inflame the experience of the emotion with the thoughts. So the thoughts of how can I get out of this, uh, I've got 50 minutes left in this class, I'm not going to make it, increases the feeling of anxiety. And so that's the caveat, is, is if we can pay attention to emotions, they are always changing. Now the no part of that equation is if we go into the experience hoping to get rid of the emotion. So here we do, we kind of co-opt this, I'm going to feel this emotion so that it leaves as soon as possible. Then essentially what's gonna happen is it's gonna backfire. Because the idea is if we're not actually in a receptive kind of welcoming capacity to actually feel, and we're really curious, we're really wanting to be present to these emotions, they get the message. And essentially they don't leave. It's, it's the same thing as if you're just stuck in your thoughts. If you go in with an intention of, I don't want to feel this, I want it to go away, um, I want to feel something else, you know, that's a, that's a big one. I want to be peaceful right now in my yoga class. I don't want to be anxious. Or I want to be happy because that's what the instructor is telling us, that we should be feeling happy when we're doing our yoga. Then essentially the emotion itself of let's say anxiety kind of clamps down and it says, all right, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to personify it for a moment. You're not paying attention to me. You're not really interested in feeling me. So I'm going to stick around for a little bit longer until you do pay attention to me <laughs> and you do really feel me. And, and often what we can, we, we can feel is these emotions get louder they, they really want our attention now. So now really I can actually go into even a panic attack or what feels like a panic mm. attack. Well, cause is you're, re you're, re you're resisting it. You're resisting what is you're of trying course. to, you're trying to control it. Absolutely. You're yeah. trying to control it. You're resisting it. You're not allowing it. You are trying to manipulate it. And, you know, I like to think of our emotions as, you know, they're basically like our children. And as you know, if, if a child comes in and you basically are like, not now, not now, I don't have time for you, that child generally will get louder. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they throw a temper tantrum. Maybe they start tugging on your shirt or, you know, jumping up and down in front of you. And until you attend, really attend, and they feel your attention, do they start to calm down? Do they start to soften? Do they start to kind of behave? in a way that, that feels a little bit more comfortable for us. And emotions are the very same thing. And some of our emotions are essentially the children we wish wouldn't show up. 
Right there, there are there are those emotions that we're thinking. Oh, oh I can God, relate to that too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all have our list of these are kind of you know the the children that we've relegated to the basement and we've locked the door and we've got a padlock on it. Yeah. Um, you know, those are the ones that that the minute they find an opening, and often a yoga class is the opening. Right. Because yeah, so let, let's talk about that for a second. I mean, you know, you're in a yoga class and I mean, it's not necessarily the best place to fully feel emotions out loud per se. <laughs> you know, I mean, as far as like, you know, throwing a hissy fit or, or, you know, coming up bawling, crying. I mean, that might sure. not be the best place for you to, to handle your tough emotions. Well, I mean, Actually, I would disagree. Really? I mean, in a way, I would say yoga is the perfect place to be experiencing your emotions. The challenge is that we're so concerned about what our behavior is going to be in feeling those emotions that it becomes another avenue to shut it down. So we have this culture that we buy into whether we're cognizant of it or not and it and it happens in our yoga classes and it could be happening with our yoga teachers as well depending on how comfortable they are with their emotions hmm. and the emotions of their students that a yoga class is actually the perfect place to be having emotions because yoga is about the movement of energy mm -hmm. and emotions are energy and emotions are meant to move so a wave of sadness can come up in you in, in a particular pose, let's say, and maybe even tears are, are starting to, to come down your face or, you know, your breathing is starting to ramp up a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. You know, you're on your yoga mat, you should be allowed and encouraged to have the experience you're needing to have. Now, are we embarrassed to be crying in public? You bet. Which is, again, the narrative that we've all come to believe is that if we are having a negative or what we would consider a challenging emotion, let's say sadness or agitation or fear, we have been taught that there's something wrong with us, mm -hmm. that we shouldn't be having that experience. And so if I'm in my yoga class and I start crying, I immediately have a fear that there's something wrong with me. The person sitting next to me may look and see my tears and go, oh, there's something wrong with her. How can I help her? Again, this very insidious belief that there's a problem mm -hmm. when there's no problem in having an emotion. Now, many of us fear the behavioral response that we may have in experiencing emotion. Anger is a really great one because the energy of anger tends to be very strong and it tends to be an outward energy where we want to either speak loudly or we want to move forward, or even in that attack stance, we want to move the body. We fear, gosh, if I'm feeling anger in my yoga class, you know, I can't just hit somebody, I can't scream out, I can't yell or curse. And ab absolutely, that's, that's appropriate. Th those behaviors in a yoga class would not be appropriate, or in many situations, they would not be appropriate. And yet, before we even get to the behavior, we're getting to, can you feel the sensation in the body? Mm -hmm. So here I am, I'm in my yoga class, let's say I'm in my warrior pose, right? Mm -hmm. and, and here comes some anger 
about something that happened earlier in the day with a coworker, or perhaps my partner or some other event. And if I can really just stay with the sensation in the body and the energy that comes up, and I can just feel it without discharging it out of me onto someone by cursing at them, by looking at my yoga teacher and going, I, you know, I hate it when she does this pose. And, and we start to kind of go into that narrative about blaming because, you know, here comes this energy of anger and we want to discharge it out. Mm-hmm. And we look for the target. It could be the person next to you is making too much noise. It could be our yoga teacher is not doing the posture we want to be doing. It could be ourself. Gosh, I can't believe I'm so angry. I really got to get a hold of this. I'm not good at this. And here we go. We're back into thought. We're back into projections outward. And so that idea of could we just stay with the sensation? Gosh, there's a lot of energy. There's a lot of heat in my body. I can feel my, my muscles are tensing. And, you know, meanwhile, the class is going on. Nobody knows this is happening because, again, we're keeping with just feeling, right? And so I can have an entire experience of moving through anger without any outward demonstration of it that is harmful to anyone else or even to myself. And yet that's not the belief. The belief, especially, let's say, with anger, is that anger is a dangerous emotion because it gets out of control. And people behave in ways that are harmful or hurtful when they're angry. And often that is our experience in life. We've learned that from others. We've learned it in ourselves. We say things that we regret. We do things that we regret when we're in anger. And so we, we learn that anger is a dangerous emotion. So here we do, we clamp down and we relegate it to the basement. The challenge with that is imagine all that energy that you just clamped down on. And you relegate it to some part of the basement. And when I say basement, I'm saying actually it's your psyche and more literally it's your body that you are sticking that energy somewhere in the low back, perhaps in the gut, perhaps in the neck. And so we stuff it there for now because we're thinking, gosh, this is not an appropriate time to be in yoga and be feeling anger. Mm-hmm. And each time we do that, the energy builds. And so here comes some random event. We're in line at the bank and the line is moving slowly and all that energy is building up. You know, we've got an irritation. Now it's turning into a frustration. And here comes all that anger that we've been stuffing somewhere in this big wave of energy. And it comes out of us and it feels like, oh my gosh, I can't even control this. And we yell at the teller in front of us about how long we had to wait in line or we argue with another customer, or we're on the phone with our partner and we're blaming them about how come they didn't you know, take out the trash today or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And here comes that energy and we're like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to do that. <gasps> Anger, it's such a dangerous emotion. I shouldn't be feeling it. And here we go through the loop of stuffing it again mm-hmm. because anger is dangerous. And it's like the emotion in and of itself is not dangerous. How we manage process and deal with the energy that comes from it. And when we act in an inappropriate way because of that energy, that's where the quote danger actually comes from. But if we were actually able and skilled and we learned, how can I feel? How can I stay with the body sensations and not discharge the energy as much as I'm really kind of maybe even wanting to physically, can I just stay with it? That's what makes the emotion safe so that we can have any emotion in any situation. And it's appropriate because we're not, quote, acting out our emotion 
onto someone else or onto ourselves. So when we say, gosh, it's really not appropriate in a yoga class, you know, to be having a sense of fear or a sadness or an anger, I'd say, actually, it's very appropriate. The challenge is, do you know how to manage and deal with the energy and the content of the emotion in a way so that you don't essentially cause harm or even embarrassment to yourself because you know you've acted in some way that you now regret mm -hmm. and you can just stay with the sensation if you can stay with the sensation it's going to change and that intensity is going to lower and it may actually go into another part of the body and then it may actually shift into another emotion again uh, anger is an emotion that is generally kind of covering up a more vulnerable emotion generally a sadness or a hurt. So if we can stay with that anger long enough, what it will often reveal to us is a more vulnerable emotion underneath, such as sadness or hurt or fear. And then we can kind of dive into that one. Mm -hmm. And yet, because we are so often closing down our anger, we never actually get to the emotion underneath, which is always a sadness or a hurt that's desperately wanting to come up but again it doesn't feel safe and so anger actually for many of us is an emotion that because it's a more powerful outward expressing emotion we actually feel safer with it whereas yeah. these other emotions we feel so vulnerable we feel so fragile and so kind of raw that those are the ones that we really don't want to express right mm -hmm. so that's the idea of of course, in any yoga class, because you're moving energy, emotions are going to be moving. In a way, that's the sign of a successful yoga class, is that you had emotion. Because emotions that have been lodged in the body have an opportunity to move. They have an opportunity to get dislodged and released. And so I would say, awesome, if you're having emotions, thank goodness. Please have as many as you want. And if you're challenged with dealing with them, you know, let me know and I can certainly, you know, assist you in that. And hopefully creating a class where that's the idea is everybody in the class knows that this is a normative experience to have emotions and we really want to have them. And so if that's happening for you, great. Support yourself in doing it in whatever way you need. And that may mean, you know, I don't continue with my posture or I go down into child's pose or... I, you know, I sit in stillness while everyone else is doing breathing practices. And we're really, as, as teachers, encouraging our students to, one, have the emotional experience they're having, and two, address themselves in the most kind way that they know to their capacity, right? Because it's, it's true that in a class where we are in a public setting, this may not be the opportunity to go into a deep dive down into, you know, let's say a particular emotion of shame, right? But it doesn't mean that we can't touch into that emotion, feel the sensation, and then outside of class go, gosh, you know, that emotion keeps coming up. I really want to work with this emotion, perhaps with my therapist, my coach, um, you know, my partner, if that's what's coming up in a relationship, I'm really needing to address it. You know, we invite that experience in our yoga class to direct us outside of class that this particular emotion is wanting some attention yes yeah yeah um i want to talk about i love it by the way it's, yes and 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 it you're right yoga is a great place for that i want to talk about 
productive thinking versus rumination. And, mm-hmm. um, and especially around fear. One of the things that I have learned in dealing with tough emotions is to keep moving forward. I think it's unhelpful to sit around just rehashing the past over and over again. On the other hand, mm-hmm. it's extremely helpful to shift your thoughts towards, you know, to, to think about it, but to shift your thoughts towards planning and having new experiences. So when you focus on what's in front of you and what you can build moving forward, you can create new emotions, which I mean, we could even go down this road, which start rewiring your brain. Mm-hmm. But, you know, def- certainly compassion and allowing yourself to feel the emotions fall under this category of productive thinking. Uh, as long as you keep moving forward, you're thinking about solutions. Otherwise, I think it's just the same unproductive thought loop that's just going around and around and around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, you, you stated it clearly that it, it is a unproductive thought loop. Mm-hmm. So again, we are discerning the difference between thinking about emotions and feeling emotions. Because if it is so that you are actually staying with the sensation of an emotion, it moves all by itself. We actually don't need to do anything to it. We don't need to set a goal in order for that emotion to move forward. Really, and this this is why this is so challenging. It is so simple, and yet the act of doing it is so challenging. If we actually feel and again, not think, feel the emotion, it will move through all on its own. If we attempt to hurry that process along in in, in a way with thought, which we often do, and we come up with this a lot, where it's these these ideas of this is not productive, Um, I'm wasting time, Uh, this this isn't useful. Again, those are all thoughts. Those aren't, that's not feeling an emotion. If so, when I'm working with a client and or even a student, and I say, "Okay, so what's coming up for you?" and they say, oh, "I've got this. Let's say I, I have this anxiety about this thing at work that I'm going to have to do, and I'm really worried I'm not going to be very good at it, and everybody's you know counting on me, and it's I'm, I need to get this raise, and you know all of these thoughts." And I say, "Okay, great. As you're telling me that, what do you notice happening in your body right now?" And they'll be able to hopefully, and sometimes this, this even this is, is really challenging for folks, but hopefully what we can do is we can say, well, you know, my heart is racing and um, oh, I've got this, this tension in my belly and, uh, you know, it's a little hard to breathe. I'll be like, okay, great. Stay with that and tell me what you feel next. And often what will happen is someone will say, well, um, I'm worried that I'm going to go into work tomorrow and I'm not going to, which is a thought. So I'll catch them and say, okay, so that's a thought great. What's happening in your body? And we'll have to, we'll bring them back again. And then I'll say, okay, is there, tell me what's happening in your chest. Is that sensation still there that you described? Well, yes, but it, it's kind of different. Okay. How is it different? Can you describe it for me? Well, it's, it's like a pounding. Okay, great. So is it, is it an intense, like as a 10 or is it a one? And so I'm really keep bringing attention back to just the feeling and the feeling and the feeling. And, you know, this can go on for a couple of minutes. And then I'll say, okay, so what emotion is here now? Because I'm assuming, I'm not assuming that the emotion is the same. And often what they'll say is, oh, well, now it's doubt. Great. Where are you feeling doubt in the body? Huh? Well, it's actually behind the eyes. 
it's, it's kind of a heaviness behind the eyes. Great, stay with that feeling and tell me when you notice something different. And that's the process of feeling through a set of emotions. And so at the end of this five minute, 10 minute, 20 minute, could be 40 minute process, what is liberated are thoughts that are different than what we started with, that are just naturally organically coming up because that emotion was allowed to exist and different thoughts actually came out of it. So I didn't walk in and say, okay, let's change the thoughts. Let's focus on how you're going to deal with this at work. Let's do three steps of goals. None of that. And it, I don't have to, because it actually comes from within the person that I'm working with themselves, because they're the ones that actually have the wisdom that if they're just able to allow this particular emotion to move on its own, and it will, and stay with it long enough and tolerate the sensation that comes up, it will naturally liberate into something else. And it will naturally liberate into insights of like, you know what, this anxiety that I thought was about work, it's actually about what's happening at home. It's actually about a relationship challenge that I'm having. And oh, that's actually, there's a lot of sadness there. And so the, the challenge when we're looking to, quote, be productive and move forward, as you said, mm -hmm. what we can end up doing is really out of just an innocence is we can end up backtracking because we end up focusing in on basically let's get rid of this anxiety by quote solving the problem and what we miss out on is this opening into actually what i now realize is that this is really has nothing to do with work this is really about this sadness that i'm feeling in my relationship at home and that's really where i'm needing attention and so if we would have gone through that idea of anxiety is problematic let's move forward let's not hang out here too long because it's not useful we're just ruminating now we're going to miss out on the information the emotion had to begin with, which was, ah, there's something else here that really wants my attention. And, and I will not lie, that is a very different way of feeling emotion. It's a very different way of working with the body and with emotion, and it's very challenging. Because again, I'll have folks go, I, I, what's the point of this? I really wanna talk about my issue at work. I, I, why do I need to tell you what's happening in my body? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I could see that where there'd be some pushback. Um, absolutely. There's doubt, you know. Oh, yeah. There's pushback. Yeah. There's doubt. It's not comfortable. I don't, again, I don't see the point in this. This seems, you know, useless to me. Um, you know, all of those, again, thoughts. Mm -hmm. And that's really the rumination is the beliefs that we have about emotions and why we have them and the utility of them is often erroneous. And so we're really, when we're talking about unpacking the different beliefs and the different thoughts, that's what we're really unpacking is those beliefs are inaccurate. That if I stay here and actually feel an emotion, this will be a waste of my time. I will be stuck here. Um, I won't move forward. I won't be able to address this issue in my life that's obviously needing to be addressed, or maybe it really needs an actual solution. Mm -hmm. If, if that, does, that, does that make sense? Yeah. In terms of your, yeah. the difference between a rumination and, and productive, as you say. Yeah. How, do we, how do we be productive? Feel. Mm -hmm. and, and again, it's this idea of, well, well that's easy. It, that can't be it. And it's like, well, try it. <laughs> <laughs> and then tell me if you still think it's easy. <laughs> yeah. 
No, it's true. Um, and I guess that's kind of what I meant, you know, earlier when I was saying that when you stop to feel it, you know, especially in your body, it sort of eventually goes away because it, mm-hmm. it does. It, it, it's mm-hmm. sure. the more you kind of do allow it, it to happen and pay attention to it. It's not so strong anymore. It's yes. just, yes. It, it, you, you start to just observe what it is for what it is, which is just a fast heartbeat. <laughs> like yes, let's just let's just yes. let's just like yes. see what reality is here you know yeah. like it's just a sensation yeah it's it's, it's your sensation. story that you've got going on in your head but really yes. it's just a fast heartbeat and if you yes. take some deep yes. breaths and calm down that fast heartbeat will become slow again it may but i mean i'll catch you even on that one which is the idea of let's change the sensation hmm. right let's take some deep breaths and change the sensation So here you can see how insidious this is of that heart rate is, is basically beating fast. And, and believe me, it's, it's an uncomfortable situation. It can definitely be an uncomfortable sensation in the body. What we are learning is how to increase our tolerance for discomfort. Yes. Yes. That's the ticket Mm -hmm. because there are a thousand ways we're looking to exit the discomfort. And even that, that one that you just said, you know, just out of innocence, like, gosh, let's just take a couple of breaths, right? And, and we, we say that to people, you know, gosh, you're getting anxious, take a couple of breaths. With this innocence of, I want you to feel better. And really what I encourage folks is, I don't want you to feel better. I want you to feel. Mm-hmm. Let's build those muscles, and they really are muscles, to increase our capacity to feel, to feel discomfort for longer and longer amounts of time so that we can stay witness to it changing, shifting again, all on its own. Because I'll tell you, if you stay with the, if the sensation of just watching that heartbeat, it's actually going to slow down all by itself, simply by you putting your attention on it. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, for those folks that are listening, don't take my word for it. Try it. Mm -hmm. Try practicing just feeling any sensation that you may be having in the body in this moment. Yeah. And the more you let yourself feel these things, like you said, it's like you build up. I don't know. I I feel like, you know, if, if I start to experience sadness and I start to cry these days, I, I get like, I don't cry as long. You know what I mean? Uh Cause I let myself do it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So it's what we're, what we're really building here is confidence. Mm-hmm. We're building confidence that we can feel our emotions. We can handle and tolerate the sensations that come with them without acting out, without exiting, and that we are going to learn something from that process. So the more we do it, actually the more interested you become in your emotions so that one, when one comes up, you're kind of like, wow, cool. I want to know what this is. Let me feel it because it's got some information for me. Mm-hmm. And I want to know what that is. It's got some wisdom in it. Let me see if I can discern what that wisdom is. And so we walk around the world feeling much more confident just in our own psyches, in our own bodies, in our ability to, we can basically, any emotion can come up and I can handle it. Any emotion. 
And as we are doing this more and more, and I, and I talk to my clients about, you know, it's like you go to the gym and you start with the three pounders, right? As we begin these practices, we're just with the three pounders. We're just doing, you know, 30 seconds, feeling the sensations. Then we're working towards a minute. And we're, we're starting with the emotions that are maybe the ones that are more common or they're a little bit easier for us. Maybe say just an anxiety, an irritation, a sadness. And as we are able to successfully be with those emotions and we're getting more confident, we're feeling more comfortable doing it, what happens is we start to be able to drop down to some of the other more challenging emotions that many of us have never even touched. And, and those are, you know, especially with Brene Brown's teaching re recently on shame and vulnerability. I mean, let me tell you, talk about some challenging emotions. Mm -hmm. uh, shame is one of the biggest ones. To, to actually feel the sensations without exiting. Those are the 50-pound weights, let me tell you. Um, mm -hmm. So we, we are not able to dive into that, nor do we feel confident in doing so. So that's a, an emotion that stays, you know, in the basement because I can't touch that one. You know, throw in that, their anger for many of us is in that category. Rage, disappointment, humiliation, you know, those really tough ones. So we're starting off with just kind of the easier ones. And we're gaining that confidence. We're building the strength. We're building the capacity kind of as a, a form, you know, both our psychology and our ability to observe and tolerate sensations in the body so that we can then move on to some of the more challenging emotions that every single one of us has. Every yeah. single one of us essentially has all of those emotions within us somewhere. Yeah. And, and this is like when you start getting you know curious about it too. And this is where it starts yes. getting interesting because yes. then you're like, hmm, Yes. Like, why am I, why am I feeling like that? And then you start, uh -huh. kinda, you know, and again, and, and this is not rumination. I think no, this no, is not at all. Too, is you no, start thinking like, huh, like, you know, I'm curious, like, why am I feeling that way? And then you start exactly. to like think of the, the real root reasons, um, which exactly. are often not exactly. the reasons why you think they are in the first place. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, I will tell you that this particular way of being with our emotions, most of us have a really challenging time doing it by ourselves. So if, if you don't have a therapist, if you don't have a coach, if you don't have a, a yoga teacher or a, a spiritual teacher that you're connected with that could, you know, really understand this process and do it with you, which again, it's, it's very simple. It's really just describing. That's all it is, is mm -hmm. what's the sensation? Describe it to me. What's the sensation? Describe it to me. So we're doing that with another person, usually in the beginning. And, and it could be your partner and, uh, or friend. And really all you're telling them is basically don't say anything except tell me what you notice now. That's the only thing they say. They, they don't try and make you feel better. They don't try and solve it. They don't even really empathize with you. Like, oh, that must be hard. Nothing. They're just saying, what's here now? What's here now? Because essentially they're just keeping your attention focused. They're just keeping your attention focused. And hopefully this is someone that you have some sense of, a feeling of safety with to be sharing what's what's happening for you. And as you do that, and as you practice, and as you grow stronger and more confident, you actually are able to do it alone, where you can just write down. So maybe you take five minutes and you say, gosh, what's here for me right now? And we say, okay, sadness. Great. What are the sensations? And we just write down the sensations. And okay, now what's happening? And we write that down. Is, is there another emotion here? So we get curious. Is there another emotion here besides sadness? And we write that down. 
And again, thoughts are going to be happening this entire time, but right now we're not concerned with those. We're really learning how to hone our attention on sensations and on the emotion themselves, because most of us have plenty of practice attending to our thoughts. We tend to have too much practice, mm -hmm. doing that, right? And we just habitually fall into it. And so that's the real reason why we essentially, for now, we're just leaving the thoughts alone. We're leaving the beliefs alone. We're leaving the stories alone. They're not going anywhere. That's for another time. This is just the practice of describing the sensation and identifying, do you even know what emotion this is? And again, for a lot of people, that's really difficult. Our emotional vocabulary can be very small, where we can think mad, sad, glad, and that's about it. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're really getting curious of, can I really discern what's the difference between uh, sadness, disappointment, despair, agitation, these types of emotions, right? And even a neutrality or even the, the positive emotions. Because here's the deal that we forget with emotions. It's an all or nothing game. You either feel all of the emotions or none of them. We don't get to pick and choose. We don't get to just feel the positive emotions, which again is, is something that we're kind of taught in our culture. Just be happy, just be relaxed, just be calm. But I'm telling you, if you don't have the ability to feel in the body, happiness is going to pass you right on by without you ever noticing. Mm, great point. Because you won't have de a, a developed the ability to feel when happiness is here. What's the sensation in my body? Can I stay yeah. with that? Oh, and it's such a good one. <laughs> it's, it is. And it's and right. It's the one that we're kind of told that we're supposed to be feeling all the time. And if we're not, there's something wrong with us. Right? Yeah. So we, we kind of walk around often feeling like we're just failures at, in our emotional lives because we're not feeling happy. We're not feeling calm. We're not feeling relaxed. We're not feeling compassionate. We're not feeling loving. We're not feeling patient, right? And it's the idea of those emotions are there. But again, if you haven't practiced feeling any emotion, <laughs> Then especially the positive emotions, which actually tend to be much more subtle than our, what we would consider negative emotions, we miss them. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the people that fall into that category are almost not letting themselves feel happy, you know, exactly. because of guilt or shame. Exactly. Um, yeah. I don't deserve this. I don't. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and another person has doesn't have it as good as me, so I shouldn't exactly. bask in this. And exactly, yes. So even the idea that, gosh, you know, if I could just have these positive emotions, once you actually start having them and you start feeling them, and maybe even you start sharing them because they're really authentically there, you find out that, gosh, not everybody's on board with you having <laughs> these happy emotions. Wow, yeah. what a surprise! <laughs> I thought that was the goal, and here I am. <laughs> Sharing my, my joy and my happiness and somebody around me is going like, oh, great. Well, you know, nice for you to be happy, but you know, yes. I've, got really, I've got it really shitty over here. Yeah. You know, if you had my life, Ugh. you know, and it's like, wait a minute. I and thought isn't that, that the, was what we were going yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, aren't you supposed to be happy for me? Yeah. Exactly. I know. Exactly. Yes. That, yeah. That, that's a, that's a real bummer when that happens, it doesn't is. it? Isn't it? It um, is. Because, it is. you know, it's, it's also very selfish on the other person's part. 
Well, it's that idea of, again, if we're, if we're not fully functioning humans, where we're essentially getting to feel the continuum of emotion that's changing all the time. And the, the fully functioning human has all sorts of emotions all day long that are running the continuum. They really aren't staying in just one sector. Like, oh, I'm, I'm always feeling happy and satisfied and content and peaceful and joyous. No, because that's not a, sometimes those emotions are not essentially called for in the moment, right? Mm -hmm, Sometimes mm -hmm. life is serving up a dose <laughs> of something uh, we would really rather not be happening. And that doesn't call for happiness, right? Yeah. That calls for caution or that calls for anger. Let's say if something, if we say, hey, that's not right, right? Which is really the message of anger. Mm -hmm. That's not right, whatever it is that's occurring. And so this idea that we should be staying and stagnant in one place is another erroneous belief we've kind of been fed in our culture that one, you should only be feeling the positive emotions. Everybody's going to be ecstatic around you once you do. And that if you're not doing that, then something's wrong. with you. Hmm. And so really dispelling those beliefs that to really be a fully functioning human that actually lives, you know, as Brene Brown would talk about kind of wholeheartedly, mm -hmm. the word is whole. <laughs> yeah. right that means everybody gets a seat at the table mm -hmm. every emotion that occurs within us gets an equal seat it gets listened to it gets honored it is seen to have value and wisdom and that idea of then we're walking around and we're having whatever emotion we're having and interestingly enough as we are more comfortable having our own emotions. When we meet another, we are comfortable with them having whatever emotion they're having. And we actually find ourselves having fewer preferences for other people to feel a, a, a particular way. So I don't need to walk into a room and have everybody feel happy or relaxed or calm or excited. I can walk into a room and people can feel whatever they're feeling because it doesn't bother me anymore right? Because my emotions don't bother me. So other people's emotions don't bother me either. Mm, mm -hmm. and, and that's the ticket is when we as individuals are meeting with another, you know, someone in our uh, friend or our partner or our child, and they're having an emotion and we're like, God, I really don't like that one. It's a direct pointer back to where we need to spend some time with that emotion in ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if we find it's hard to sit with someone who's crying and sad, or it's hard to sit with someone who's angry, or it's hard to sit with someone who's feeling shame, then we know, ah, that's, that's where I need to go mm -hmm. inside of me so that I can become more comfortable with my sadness, my shame, my anger. And then when I'm out there meeting either my partner, my friend, my coworker, my boss, my kid, they can have whatever emotion they want and nothing's happening for me. I can literally witness with them, be with them, and there's no problem here. And, and this is, is a tricky one because I'll often get the, the, the question of, well, again, what if somebody's acting out? And again, here comes anger because anger is the big one. Well, what if somebody's yelling at you, cursing at you, or they, they actually try and, and be violent with you? you know, do you just sit there and take it? And it's like, no, of course not, because I would have boundaries. Mm -hmm. 
And as I'm sitting there with someone who's experiencing their anger, and perhaps they're now starting to project that anger out towards me, because again, they're having a hard time containing it themselves, and all they perhaps, the only skill they have is to project it outward. What I'm feeling in me is, oh, this is uncomfortable. Mm. So now I know there's that emotion that tells me it's time for a boundary. I see. So that emotion is the wisdom that I was listening to. That discomfort in me says, it's time to set a boundary and say, we need to have this conversation another time. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is not a productive conversation. As you're starting to blame me, criticize me, curse at me, yell at me, whatever it is, you know, and, and that's going to be an individual thing. Mm -hmm. And we're able to say, you know, I will give you a call later today and see if you want to talk again at another time. Or, you know, if we're with our partner in the house or with our child, we can say, this we're going to do basically if it's our child we're going to be doing a timeout or if it's with our partner i'm going to go take a break um, we can come back if you want to continue this discussion when it's feeling a little bit more you're able to have that conversation without yelling at me then we can do that let's say in about an hour yeah and, you know hopefully the other person we'll can feel agree. your emotions <laughs> absolutely yes yeah go basically <laughs> go feel those sensations right go practice yeah. those skills <laughs> yeah of being with your emotion, figuring out what you're really angry about, because mm -hmm. it isn't me, mm -hmm. and figure out a way how you can communicate that to me in a way that still feels safe for mm -hmm. me to be with you, yes. right? Because if we're not feeling safe, there's nothing that says that we have to sit there and, quote, take it, right? Because I may be comfortable, sure, but at some point, I'm not going to be comfortable anymore. Yeah. And I'm going to know that because I'm paying attention to how I'm feeling. Yeah. And I'm paying attention to the wisdom it tells me of, here's the action you need to take. Again, if I'm not connected to my own emotions and somebody comes at me with anger, I'm actually not going to get any information within of what do I do here? And essentially we panic and we start to, we basically start to shut down. Yeah. Or, get and so, or, or we, yeah, or we engage right back mm -hmm. and now we're angry and now we're yelling or now we're attacking. Mm -hmm. And again, this is, if we want to talk about what's quote unproductive, this way of engaging emotionally is not productive, nor is it often healthy. And so we're really needing to see like, gosh, if I can't connect to my own emotions, when somebody is angry or they're sad or they're scared, I can't actually feel mine anymore because I have noticed that I check out, I disconnect, I numb, I, you know, and, and we have all sorts of ways that the body mind essentially tries to cope with that you know, excess of energy kind of coming at us. Mm -hmm. And so this is another idea of, gosh, why do I want to be able to feel my emotions? Because in every moment you want to be getting the information of what's the next appropriate move for you. Yes. Right. So that's, again, so you can make a conscious really, choice. Absolutely. A conscious choice. That's really in alignment with me that yeah. I don't later regret. Yes. So I don't later have to go and clean up my mess. Yep. Of, oh, you know what? I, you know, got angry back at you and I started attacking. And, and you know, I'm going to tell you up front, you're going to blow it, you know, for the first thousand times, right? That you're trying this. We are going to habitually do what we have done. We are going to react. We are going to get angry back, right? Because again, we're starting with the, the baby weights, right? We're not going to be perfect at this. This is a skill. It actually takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of attention, a lot of time, and a lot of interest in developing the skill. Yeah, you have to want to do it. 
you absolutely have to want to do it. And you absolutely have to have a buy-in with yourself of why you want to do it. Mm -hmm. Because just to be told you should do it, uh, it's not going to go very far. Mm -mm. Um, so we can tell our partners or our friends or our clients or our students, you know, you really should, you know, get these skills. And I'm telling you, it's not going to work because unless for you, that's of interest. I really want to get better at this. I really want to be connected to myself in this way. I really want to be able to hear the messages that my emotions are telling me. I really want to live a wholehearted life where I can really move through the continuum of emotions, feeling all of them, feeling the great joy, feeling the great bliss, feeling the great love, as well as feeling the depths of despair, feeling the fire of anger, feeling the terror of absolute fear. I want to feel it all. And that's, that's really my goal. And, you know, for me personally, that is, that's where my passion comes from is I really want it. I want to feel it all. And so every opportunity where an emotion comes up or I'm meeting with another and they point out to me, gosh, here's an emotion you're not quite comfortable with yet. You know, I'm wanting to dig in and go, all right, let me feel it. What's, what, where is it in my body? And, and from there, I can really start to kind of go to the psychology per se, where we're looking into what are the stories that are attached? What are the memories that are attached? What are the thoughts and the beliefs that come along with this particular emotion? And then we can really start to do, you know, the work per se mm -hmm. of kind of undoing, you know, the, the conditioning that's occurred and, and dealing or healing from traumas that we've experienced or challenging experiences we've had either in childhood or even into our adulthood or, you know, yesterday. Gosh, how can I do that? And we really need to have this skill or at least be interested in cultivating the skill of feeling because that's the skill that as I look out into the culture and when I'm looking at my students and clients, that's the skill that is sorely underdeveloped is the ability to feel and to stay with it for as long as it's necessary. Not for as long as, you know, I've got 10 seconds and then I've got to go off and do something you know, on my list. It's feeling until that emotion is done with you. And that really is what happens. When an emotion has really been met and felt and understood, it leaves all on its own. And you won't even notice it's left until some time has passed. And you'll notice its absence of, wow, I haven't really felt that anxiety in like several yoga classes now. Oh, wow, that anger really hasn't been coming. Or as you said, Gosh, the sadness when it comes up, it's, it's, a, it's a lot shorter now. The, the intensity is a lot less. Ah, okay. And here comes, this is the beautiful part, is that all of, as all of those emotions that we've kind of kept in the basement or locked in the closet or whatever metaphor you want to use, as we've kind of met them kind of one by one and we've honored them and felt them, they create space. And guess who's waiting behind them? Happiness, joy. Mm -hmm. calm, peace, love, patience, those emotions, they're all here all the time. But we don't get to feel them because these other emotions that are more challenging and we don't like as much and they're harder to be with are waiting in line for our attention. And essentially they're coming first because they're screaming the loudest. Because again, they're the ones that we've dismissed the most. And so as we really allow those emotions to be, we get to naturally, organically feel 
more joy, more peace, more patience, more kindness, more generosity, more compassion. Again, it just organically shows up. We don't even have to try. Well, it's our true nature, right? It is our true nature. And, and, it, and it just bursts forth mm -hmm. because there's space for it. Yeah. I want to talk about some of the consequences that occur in the body when you avoid processing tough emotions. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. So, you know, like, you know, Jennifer uh, and my Dr. Michael Luan have hosted workshops about chronic stress, uh -huh. how that affects you know, the brain and the body. They, they talked about how it could cause everything from bad posture to manifesting diseases. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, and then I did some digging online and according to the American Psychological Association, Chronic stress is linked to the six leading causes of death, which are heart disease, mm -hmm. cancer, lung ailments, accidents, cirrhosis of the liver, and suicide. So what types of things have you seen happen with your clients who you just see avoiding dealing with these emotions and who are stuffing them down? Like, I mean, do you, do you believe mm -hmm. that that, mm -hmm. that manifests as these, these diseases and things in the body? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Um, because again, emotions are energy. So when we, energy is not allowed to move and it gets stagnated and it gets stuffed literally somewhere in the body. Mm. And so we, and, and as you can imagine, as we are aging, um, you know, let's say we're in our thirties and our forties and our fifties beyond, we have accumulated energy from those emotions we haven't been processing. And so when we are getting into our 30s and our 40s and we've got more stress and we've got all these emotions that are essentially kind of locked up in the body, we're finding chronic back pain, neck pain, uh, gastric distress, um, problems with digestion, inflammation in the body, headaches, tension in the jaw, um, uh, gosh, problems in all of the joints. Because essentially the body is a finite container, right? And so if you imagine it like a closet and you keep stuffing stuff into the closet, the emotions, the stresses, all the things that you don't want to deal with right now, which is our, our classic, I don't have time to deal with this right now. Mm -hmm. So we throw it into the closet in this sense, the body. And sooner or later, you're going to open up that closet door and everything comes tumbling out. And here's where we're feeling, gosh, I've got this lower back pain that won't go away. Um, I've got these chronic headaches. Um, I've got um, gastric distress all the time. My gut is literally on fire. What's going on here? And of course, that is often leading to diseases, um, cancers, autoimmune disorders, thyroid issues, all sorts of things where the body is basically saying, I can't hold all this energy anymore. And it's basically trying to signal us that something is wrong here. And pain is a wonderful indicator for us because it's one of the few things that we pay attention to because mm -hmm. essentially we can't get away from it. And so it's the one way that the body has to get our attention in, in a way that's usually pretty immediate. Either that or it takes us out. The physical body can't work anymore, right? We've got these conditions where we are chronically fatigued. We are exhausted. We um, are, again, have autoimmune issues where we've got pain everywhere that really can't seemingly be described of, of, as where it's coming from. Um, we're not functioning anymore. The body is shutting down or we're getting ill all the time. Every flu bug that comes along, we get it. Every cold, we're getting it. 
every allergy, all of a sudden we've got allergies, right? So this is the idea that the body essentially is setting off alarms, that um, basically the closet's full <laughs> and this isn't working anymore. And, and psychologically, what people are coming in with, the two most common things are anxiety and depression, mm -hmm. right? And those two are essentially indicators that emotions have not been processed. And yet when people come in and they say, I'm anxious or I'm depressed, they're thinking, I, gosh, I've got so many emotions. Um, I just need to get rid of the emotion. And it's like, no, actually, when we're anxious or depressed, it's an indicator that we haven't processed any emotion. And the energetic buildup of that is either resulting in an anxious picture where, you know, we can't sleep, we can't eat, our heart rate is racing, our blood pressure is up, um, we can't sit still. Or on the other side of the spectrum, we're depressed, right? Maybe we're sleeping too much, we've gained weight, we aren't motivated to do anything, we can't get up off of the couch, we're not interested in anything anymore, right? We've got these two options. And of course, you know, our genetics plays into how that gets manifested, whether it's an anxiety or, or a depression, as well as our kind of life experiences and, and who we are kind of, kind of constitutionally, who we are physically. Mm -hmm. and, and yet, that, so that's the picture I get, is people coming in, in either complaining of anxiety and or depression. Usually it's one or the other. And then they've got this set of symptoms, physical symptoms that are going on. And every time we start to deal with the emotions and we start to feel them, again, many of the physical symptoms resolve on their own. So we're not having to do medication. We're not having to even go into our physical therapist, which, or our chiropractor or massage therapist, which maybe we've been going to and we're not getting any relief. Mm -hmm which again, here's another indicate, it's not just a physical issue. So if we're going to someone who's essentially trying to manipulate and, and heal the body itself, whether it's our medical physician or our naturopath or our chiropractor or massage therapist, and it's not going away, this is our kind of ding, ding, ding moment of, ah, okay, emotions are definitely going to be involved here because it's not just manipulating the body itself or changing a diet or adding in a supplement or taking a medication isn't doing the trick. So something else is going on. And so once we're starting to feel these emotions, deal with them and, and deal essentially with the experiences in our lives that are creating these stressful situations, that are you know, contributing to these emotions that we're having, that are contributing to the way that we're treating our physical body, whether it's not enough rest or not enough exercise or our nutrition is not um, up to par. That type of work allows us to, again, get some wisdom of, okay, so these, this life that I'm living isn't working. Um, this job that I'm in that, that maybe has a really high stress level or maybe it's physically a little bit too demanding for me or I never have any time off. Gosh, that's just, it's not working. I've really got to kind of think about what changes do I need to make? What changes can I make? You know, in a step-by-step -step fashion. But if we're just going for, again, you know, how do I get rid of my back pain? Or how do I get rid of my anxiety? And we're, we're focusing on a symptom. We're really not getting the holistic picture of all of this is interconnected. We need to be addressing all of these different parts of ourselves to unpack a particular issue we may be having whether it's the back pain or the gastric distress or the anxiety or the headaches. Mm -hmm. And so this component, this skill of 
feeling our emotions and then essentially being able to piece apart the wisdom that they have for us and the actions that we may need to be taking is instrumental in our own health. Um, and, and it's a, a component we have to have, just like we're going to have to have someone who can address the physical issues, or we're going to have to have somebody who can address our nutrition, or we're going to have to uh, change something in our lives, whether it's a relationship or a work stress, or even just how we've come to live our lives, which for most of us are far too busy um, to even be doing any of these things, right? You know, so often it's like, I don't have time to go to the doctor. I don't have time to, you know, cook a meal. I don't have time. And, and that idea in and of itself is what exactly is the point then? This is the question I, I, I've asked myself of what are we doing? Yeah. Why are we here? What is the point of this existence really? And, and it's a question that I've really kind of dived into myself because I, I was one of those people that was mm -hmm. extremely busy. I don't have any time. My body's not working. My emotions aren't working. Things are shutting down. Oh my gosh. And really having to, to take that question to heart and go, what exactly is the point? Well, you know, it's, a, it's, another, it's another consequence of not processing your emotion. You're limiting your yes. possibilities. Yes, yes. You're we so are stuck on not living. Yeah, we're not living that, that, <laughs> that, that wholehearted, fully functioning human, which really is kind of the point. Yeah. Um, it's from my own perspective is, is to really allow that, those aspects of ourselves, like our compassion and our love and our joy to really come forth. But frankly, most of us want it quick and we want it easy. Mm -hmm. and, um, we want, and we want it right now. And that just isn't the way it works. And so, you know, again, dislodging that belief of if you really want to be living as a human being that's fully connected to yourself and others, it takes time, it takes energy, and it takes attention. And so we really have to be looking at our lives and go, if I need to be putting time, attention, and energy into that, where am I going to take it away from in my life right now? Mm -hmm. Because we, we don't get extra. Yeah. Right? We are finite beings. We have a finite amount of attention and energy and time. And so we're kind of moving away from that delusion that most of us are living under, which is at some point in the future, it will be better by me doing nothing different at all. Yes. Right? Right? When this happens, <laughs> then that will happen. And it's like, yeah. no, let's just, let's just meet the ugly truth right now. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> if, you, if you want something to be different, you have to do something different. Yeah. You have to start living as if, as if you exactly. are the thing that you yeah. want to be already. Exactly. Exactly. And, and we need to do the, the tough things and the uncomfortable things. And, and that really is the challenge for most of us is that we, we don't have much tolerance for discomfort and we don't have much tolerance for patience, things taking time. And we don't have a whole lot of tolerance for not knowing. We want the guaranteed answer and we want to know when it's going to happen. And we want to know how many sessions it's going to take. Yes. Right. And, and, you know, and it's like, you know, I, I get you, I hear you. Gosh, that's so human of us. Right. We all want that. And yet it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. It doesn't. Right. We're having to kind of cultivate these skills that, that for many of us have. Well, it's like yoga, learned. you know, yoga is a practice. It's a daily it practice, minute to minute. I it mean, is. It's, it's not it is. something to be, you know, accomplished. It's just, it's just a way yeah. of life. It is. It is. And, and it's that idea that the practice of yoga, as with many of these practices, cultivates these very skills we need to 
be this fully functioning human that's engaged in life and connected to ourselves and others and really is being able to offer the gift that we have to offer, you know, in this form. And, you know, my, my hope for folks that are listening is that um, you recognize, you know, the, the part of us that wants it quick and wants it fast and wants to know what the answer is. And, and yet being willing to step outside of that into the discomfort of not knowing the answer, not knowing how long it's going to take, but being absolutely dedicated to, I really want this for myself and for those in my life. So I'm going to, I'm going to dive into some deep discomfort. You know, I'm going to take the baby steps, but I'm going to do it and, and it can be done and it is being done by all of us. We're all in the same boat, you know, trying to figure it out. And, you know, it's a really amazing thing when you're really connected and feeling. I mean, I, you know, at this point, I have so much more of those positive emotions that I always wished for that really just flow with ease and they just show up unbidden, no effort. And, and when those challenging emotions come, I really do take it as an opportunity. It's, it's a welcoming of, oh, awesome. I've got a chance for some wisdom here. Bring it. And gratitude. Yeah, absolutely. Gratitude for every single one, every single guest at my table, every single emotion. I have deep, deep gratitude and honor for it because they, they have something to teach me. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, well, and yeah. one of the other things that, you know, along the lines of, you know, you know, harming your own body. I think you also, when you don't take the time to process your emotions in a responsible way, you start to, and we talked about this earlier about, you know, when you're getting in arguments with like your partner or a friend or co-workers, you start to affect other people and mm-hmm. sure you hurt the ones closest to you or you become ineffective at work. And so it not only helps us, but it's, just consider it towards others too, I think. Well, it's an imperative. Again, if we want to be relating to other humans in a way that is fostering growth, we need to be able to feel, we need to be able to discern, and we need to be able to be with others who are feeling, right? It's, it's the worst thing in the world to be having an emotion and the folks around you have no ability to be with you in that moment. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're giving you, you know, 10 ways that you could feel something else or mm-hmm. distract or tell you that, you know, it's really not that bad. Um, you really shouldn't be feeling this. And there's just such a, a diminishment of our experience as humans when we're having a very real experience of an emotion. And we just want to be able to have someone just be in the space with us. That's it. They don't have to fix it. They don't have to change it. And please don't just let me have the emotion and be present. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the gift that again, we often feel like, gosh, am I just going to sit here and not say anything? Yes. Yes, please do it. Because just because you're not saying something doesn't mean you're fully present, fully attending, fully engaged with that person's experience and able to sit there as long as they need to have whatever experience they're having. That's a gift. And often when we try to say something to make someone feel better, again, it's coming out of a desire to be helpful, but it's often shutting down their experience. And so if we can learn how to be present with ourselves and our emotions, 
than every person in our lives, we are more present with. And that presence is the gift to be fully there, not thinking about something else, not wishing the moment was over, not wishing something else were happening, but really just being this moment, everything's okay. Even if the emotion is challenging to be with, everything's okay. And feeling that safety with another human, again, the greatest gift that you can give another human being is just the feeling of being safe with them to have whatever experience you're needing to have, whatever emotion that's needing to come up, whether it looks pretty or it looks kind of ugly, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, that's beautiful. This has been a very enlightening conversation, John. <laughs> so well, thank praise. you. Thanks. That's awesome. I'm so glad. I, I hope everyone out there listening, um, you know, has a similar experience, and it feels oh, like they're, they're leaving with, um, you know, some takeaways that that make sense, that resonate with them, where they're like, okay, I'm curious. You know, I really want to be feeling these emotions. How do I do it? Yeah, I hope so too. I, you know, I think that. This is definitely a different way of looking at things and yes. something to think about, you know, and Absolutely. something to really consider, especially if you haven't done this type of work before. Yeah. Why not try it? Because, you know, for most of us, it's like whatever you've been trying, is it working? Right. <laughs> and if it is, awesome. That's great. Then, you know, you may not need another tool. Yeah. But if it isn't, then yes, you yes. may say, hey, why not? Why not try something new? Why not be curious? Is there any uh, last nuggets of wisdom you would like to share? And then also, how can our listeners connect with you? You know, I, I think, um, I think I've, I've, I've shared all the nuggets. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> for, for this particular talk, um, um, again, hopefully, you know, hopefully folks have gotten a couple uh, or at least one. And, um, and yeah, I, I'd love to hear from listeners. If, if uh, folks have questions or, or they, you know, are wondering about something that I've said in this interview and are like, hey, gosh, you know, this is something that I've been trying, please uh, feel free. Uh, shoot me an email. My email address is just Dr. Jill Peterson, so D-R-J-I-L-L -L Peterson, and that's S-O-N at gmail.com. And I would love to hear if you have comments, um, agree, disagree, or you have experiences or questions, feel free, shoot me an email, and would love to connect. Oh, thank you so much, Jill. I really appreciate that, that invitation. Absolutely. My, my pleasure, Sarah. Now, I'd love to hear from all you listeners out there, so please let me know what you thought of the show and if you have any topics or questions that you'd like me to tackle on the show. The team of Yoga Unplugged and I are here for you, so please let us know. And if you'd like to join in on the conversation with us, you can subscribe to our newsletter at yogaunplugged.org. Find us on Facebook at Yoga Unplugged by Jennifer Reuter. Reuter is spelled R-E-U-T-E-R or connect with us on Instagram at yoga underscore unplugged. Thanks for listening, everyone. Namaste.